Cobb Vanth attempts to keep the peace. Grogu faces a big decision. The Pikes make their first move and more as the Sky Guys are back to recap Chapter 6 of the Book of Boba Fett. All right, we are back here on the Sky Guys recapping Chapter 6 of the Book of Boba Fett. From the desert comes a stranger, probably one of my favorite episodes of the season. I'm your host, Mike Phillips. Also joining me today, the man whose voice we hear on the narration every week. A bit shorter this time, Pete Considori. Pete, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Um, definitely not a desert here. Was it like 30 degrees outside? But yeah, no, it's uh, it, fantastic to talk Star Wars again, as we have been every week after the Book of Boba Fett. So I'm excited as well this week. Um, a lot to talk about. There is a lot to talk about. A lot of people here as well. Also joining us today, a friend of the family, Nick Frieda is here. Nick, how are you? Doing great. Uh, a lot of people here you don't mean on the show. I think, I mean, well, you do mean the show. You don't mean our show. You mean the show that we're talking about. Yes. And we'll get into it. A lot of people. I counted about six cameos. Yes. I counted. All in all, maybe. Yeah, I counted six cameos, including someone not going to make the board on the trackers. We had trackers we did not use, Pete. So I think it was fun, though, getting a bunch of familiar faces. I got six. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I very fun. Uh, you know, best episode of the season, in my opinion. Um, it, I, I'm not going to go as far as saying it was fan service, but it was probably what this show needed, considering the start of the show was so slow. Um, we'll get into each cameo, obviously, as the as the show goes on. But but six six big cameos. Uh, if you haven't watched the episode and you're getting spoilers now, I suggest going pausing this video, going and watching the episode. And then listening to our feedback about it. Absolutely. And before they do that, give them a chance to get out. They have not watched the episode yet. I'm going to give you guys some advice here. You like what you're listening to here on the Sky Guys feed. Make sure you subscribe on all your favorite podcatchers. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all the usual suspects. And if you listen to us on the Just and the Suffering feed, you're waiting a couple of days for the episode to get there. It's usually not going to get there on the weekend. But Pete, they can get it the day after you record if they do it right now. I mean, we've been saying it every week, right? I mean, why wait? The episodes come out on Wednesday. You get the Sky Guys on Thursday. It, it's a no-brainer, right? Obviously, if you have to watch the episode, watch the episode before you listen to us. We don't want to spoil anything for you. We don't want to be those guys, right? We don't want to be the guys that say what's going to happen. So go watch the episode. Come listen to us the day after. How much better can you get with that? Yeah, and Nick, and it can also help us out here because obviously the three of us are talking. We could be talking for five hours, not know what's going on here. But they want to leave us some feedback, some star ranks. Let us know how we can improve the podcast. They can always do that as well can you can leave a review on any of those sites star rating comment whatever it may be you know yeah youtube too you can find us there so yeah find us anywhere but enough of the plugs enough of this let's get, let's talk star wars yeah let's talk some star wars here chapter six from the desert comes a stranger and pete we start off here we get a guy who i'm very very mad i did not take in this draft because i thought of him after we finished it Cobb vanth is here Cobb vanth runs in some pikes and he's laying down the wall, and he scares them all away, dumps some spice in the ground. This was fun. Yeah, it is definitely fun. And I don't knock you for not taking that pick. I mean, when we came into the show, we thought this was going to be totally separate from the Mandoverse. I don't think, you know, we had our picks when it came to big characters that we wanted to come back. I don't think Cobb Vanth was the first person that came to mind for anyone. Um, and there's a couple of other cameos in, in this episode, in my opinion, that was not the first thing we were thinking of when it came to this show. Um, I like it though. I like that he's in it. I think it, it plays a huge role. 
Um, I wish he was in it longer. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit as we get to the end of the episode, but um, out of left field for me, and it was it was it was good. It wasn't like terrible. It wasn't a terrible cameo. I was like, wow, they had to pick him. So um, I applaud them for that. Yeah, Nick, I think it made logical sense. And it was one thing I thought I was like, hey, we're on Tatooine. He's not that far from Mos Espa. Like we could run into him again. And then again, he did give away his. He had Boa Fett's armor at one point in the Mando season two. Gives it back to Mando, and he does doesn't need it to lay down the law. He is not afraid. He's a very quick draw. Yeah, he's um, he's badass. No other way to put it. Uh, the episode title, From the Desert Comes a Stranger. We're all watching this episode right away. Oh, Desert Stranger, that's him. Okay, perfect. Uh, no, we'll find out later. That is not who they're talking about at all. But um, a great little cameo for him. He shows at the end there that, like, I don't need this spice. You know, he kicks to the side. It goes all over the place. As the guy mentioned, that's worth more than your town. Yeah. Meaning he could have sold that for however much. But, he, you know, his pride's too big for that. Uh, great opening. And I don't knock you either for not making the pick of him, but I've realized now, especially in the last 10 minutes, I've just realized this. We had said, Pete had said, I believe in the chapter three, maybe chapter four uh, podcast that we did here that I think actually might have been earlier, maybe even number two. But he said that all these different shows are going to be like the MCU, let's say Mandalorian was Iron Man and Boba Fett is Captain America. And then. Ahsoka is Thor, and then they all come together for the Avengers. What I'm realizing is this is kind of the Avengers already. Yeah. They're all here. Yeah, Pete, the comparison I think that I'm going to build on Nick here is I think it's sort of like what the MCU did on Netflix with the Defenders shows, where at first they were all separate, but instead of waiting until after the team, I'll bring them all together. Now we're having them crisscross naturally, where in the Defenders we had stuff like Luke Cage and Iron Fist were getting along, and we saw Luke Cage and Jessica Jones before that got his own show. I think we're now we're seeing some crossing of the streams. I think that is making it fun. It is. And and I think it's what's saving. I want to say saving this show. Um, I'll be honest. I don't think that was the plan from the beginning. I think the plan from the beginning was we're going to make a Boba Fett show. And that's what we saw in the first four or five, you know, four or five episodes, right? Chapters. Um, no, four uh, chapters, excuse me, because chapter five was last week. Um, when We get introduced to Mando in the show. Um, I don't think that was their plan, but I think, you know, your theory is correct that they took what the Boba Fett movie was supposed to be said, okay, we need to make this a show. How do we do that? They took the first four chapters and took the Boba Fett movie what was supposed to be and made it a show. And then they are supplementing these two chapters in to work with the ending of the show, which is going to be chapter seven, uh, next week. So I don't know if it was planned. Um, Definitely, we saw some Marvel takeaways as well in the show just from the beginning, right? I made that Iron Man um, reference where Boba Fett's sitting there with his arms sprayed, you know, spread out, and the droids are putting the armor on for him. And that was very Iron Man esque, you know, Iron Man one. Uh, it makes sense. It's all Disney property. It makes sense that they were going to kind of use some stuff that they already had. Yeah, and Nick, I think it's also interesting when you consider the fact here that we have all of these things popped up here and. I wonder, we talked about this, some of the mainstream outs I mentioned too, was like, hey, you know, this is not, this is a good diversion, not the Book of Boba Fett. I wonder if we had not called the show the Book of Boba Fett and basically said, said either Mando season 2.5 or sort of like Adventures on Tatooine or something like that. If we would have as many complaints as we do right now about the directions the show has gone. Uh, I think you're right. Absolutely. I th but I think the, t the title of the show is arbitrary. In reality, it's a Star Wars show. 
and that's all that really matters. You know, they did call it the Book of Boba Fett. You're right. And the fact that he hasn't spoke since Chapter 4 is not a good look for the show. It's not. But these last two episodes have been fantastic. Very it's like Yeah, it's almost like you just say, yeah, there is a problem, but I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would agree with that. And now we go to our Mando story here. And Mando goes to a planet. And Nick, I've seen a lot of speculation on the internet about this. Is this Yavin 4? I know they don't say in the episode. Oh, that's but... not what I heard, Mike. I thought you were going to say the same thing that I was going to say. I had so seen... We don't have a confirmation at all what this planet is. But I think I'm like 60% sure this is Endor. You think it's Endor? And I will tell you are. Yeah, when he's flying in, if you listen closely, you hear you hear the little guys, the Ewoks. Yeah. But that's the and I guess there's you know there's grass and like trees and stuff. That's the only thing I have to go off. It does look a little different, the grass and trees, than it did in Return of the Jedi. But you do hear the Ewoks, and as far as I'm concerned, that's the only place they live. Maybe they live somewhere else. I don't know. Yeah, and and we also hear that Endor is a moon, right? The forest moon of Endor. Yeah. Are there other moons of Endor? So I, I said this is Endor. It's not really Endor. It's the moon of Endor. Yeah. But like Endor is the planet. I wonder if there are other moons that are similar. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah, and Pete, the thing I had seen online, I'm looking up some stuff like after the episode air, was he said, oh, like, this is Yavin 4, and that apparently in the Legends books that Luke builds his Jedi Academy on Yavin 4, and we know that based on the temple that was being built while we were there, this is the statue we see in the new trilogy that ends up getting blown up by Kylo Ren when he flips to the dark side. So do you have a personal preference where you think this planet is? I mean, if we want to stick with continuity, we should go with the planet that he built, the Jedi um, training area or yep. Jedi school. Um, but I, you know, I, I sometimes see, it's funny, right? So this whole, this whole season, I've been about details when it comes to storylines. I never really get into the details of like where the Jedi training place is. Like I, I, I don't, I tend to not think about those details. They're very cool details to know. And I think I'm just more, naive to those facts because I'm just, I'm not that versed in star Wars um, scripture and, and, and literature and, and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of don't put those things together, but when you guys talk, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's really cool. So when I, when I watch it, I really have a preference. I just like, okay, he's going to where Luke is training uh, Grogu. And the first thing I thought of was the training school from the new trilogy uh, planet name. I didn't even know. Honestly, on top of my head, off the top of my head. No, they never told us in the trilogy. Yeah, they did. So I, I just was just like, oh, it's it has to be the same place. He probably just stays here for the rest until the new trilogy, to the to the sequels. Yeah, and anyway, Pete Mando lands on this planet. He brings his ship down, and we see cameo number two. We get R two D two back. He basically uses homing for single to help Mando land, and then R two pulls a fast one on him. He guides him out to see this temple being built by the spider droids, and then. He's like, where's Luke? He shuts himself off. That got me laughing because that was a direct callback to episode seven where he shuts himself off for the whole movie. Yes, no, I I, I agree. That was pretty good. I am very happy that we didn't have a droid episode. <laughs> I went to D2. The first thing I thought of was, oh God, he's going to be in the entire episode. It's going to be Mando and the droid just talking with each other the entire episode looking for Grogu. But I'm glad they moved away from that. I'm glad that we didn't get that. Yeah, Nick, were you wait, you excited to see R2? Yeah, I was. I had mentioned last week in my prediction, I believe, that I thought we were going to spend, I mean, I was wrong. 
<laughs> overall, but I thought we were going to see, you know, what R2 and I didn't say R2 personally, so but the, I, Luke, Luke and Grogu. Yeah, I, you know, I figured R2 would be with Luke, but you know, once I saw R2, I went, okay, now we're going to see Luke. So I was happy to see him, of course. And he always had that little, like, I don't know, the quirkiness to him, like yeah. a little of him play a little trick on you. So, um, yeah, a little cheeky. Nice to see that. He's and, a little cheeky. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess also we're led to believe you mentioned that this is the temple from the flashbacks in seven and eight. It's not confirmed. It's possible it's a different one, but I mean, it. it chances are it is. It looks it looks pretty similar. So that's another. And it's nice that they connect things. I know I personally on here have been very harsh on the sequel movies, but if you're going to find a way to connect them and make them make sense, I'm all for it. Yeah, absolutely. And we get this here. He ends up waiting there. You see the spider droids building the temple in the background. And we start to see while he's waiting that Grogu is training with Luke Skywalker about the Force. We see Luke basically helping him propel him along with the Force stuff. So, Pete, I got to say, the I know that they hire a deep faker from YouTube to help them with the Luke Skywalker deep fakes. That guy did very good. Yeah, I think what also helped is that for most of Luke's dialogue, you don't see Luke's face. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed that. And I think that basic motions especially with that kind of technology is definitely doable um but once facial facial features need to be start being articulated i feel like it's hard and i and even with like video games recognition of of mouth movement is very difficult so i think as someone who i don't want to say understands the technology but someone who can pick up on why they do certain things i know for a fact that they want to make sure they didn't mess up luke that bad so that most of his dialogue you did not see his face um and i think that was a smart move it looked good um it's hard to not know it's cgi because you know how old luke's actor is now Right. We yeah. know how old Mark Hamill is. So they know, you know, it's not him, but they have to do it for the timeline. But it still was, it was good. Again, I think I'm starting to see where all the budget has been going to compared to what the, you know, we complained earlier in the season, like, where's all this money? Star Wars always had great budget. I think I kind of see where all this budget's gone to now, especially in this chapter. Yeah, absolutely has. And Nick, I did enjoy like watching the training sequences and we see a lot of callbacks to Luke learning about the Force in Empire and Empire Strikes Back and A New Hope because with the little uh, training droid that is shooting the layers at Grogu and him running through the forest and the backpack him telling him about Yoda and Yoda's legacy. I thought obviously it was makes sense story-wise because that's all Luke knows. Nobody else trained him. So he's going to do the same things if he's to try and teach Grogu how to be a Jedi. I thought as great callbacks for us. It was definitely a fun sequence as watching Grogu learn ways to use the force. Yeah. I mean, the only other person who trained him was Obi-Wan for what? Like two days. Yeah. Roughly. Maybe. So it was nice. I mean, it's funny because previous episodes, we would sit here and say, did we really need eight minutes of Luke running in a forest? I can do eight hours of that. Yeah. That was amazing. And it's to me, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I hate to say negative things, but we got twice as much training in this than we did in the entire sequel trilogy to the character who destroyed the Sith one all for, you know, for good. <laughs> To me, is, is mind-boggling, but um, it was a great scene. Grogu doesn't seem—he he doesn't seem unhappy at all. He seems, you know, fine, but he doesn't seem thrilled. You know, like the looks on his face. I know it's a puppet; it's hard to show the expressions that much, but 
he doesn't seem as thrilled as he did when he was with Mando in season one, especially season two, how their their bond like with Luke, he doesn't seem again, he doesn't seem like he's pissed off or he doesn't seem like he doesn't want to be there, but he just kind of feels like something's missing. Yeah, I mean, as Luke says later in the episode, P, his heart's not in it. It's a possibility. I mean, you're also talking about a bond of a child to a role model, I guess. Yeah. Um, Father figure, I'd say. Yeah. You know, when you when you compare it to like characters like Anakin, where Anakin's like, yeah, I want to be a Jedi. But then when he finds out he can't be with his mother anymore and and that love for his mother pretty much becomes his demise because of everything that happened in the next three and two movies um it, it makes sense you know i if, if grogu was never found and let's say luke was the first person to find him i don't think you have this issue um it depends on what grogu chooses and we'll talk about that choice i'm sure in a minute but um I think his heart's not in it because he did grow an attachment. And I think it's hard for a younger being because he's young for his species um, to not have attachment. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I didn't think we would get next, obviously when they're doing the training, uh, Gro- Luke is trying to talk to Grogu and say, Hey, like, do you remember home? Do you remember what it's like, where you're from or like how Yoda used to talk? So I teach him that. And we have Luke using the force to help him see this flashback. And we end up going back to order 66 from his vantage point. And he's in his little carrier crib. You see three Jedi get shot down by, and I, I create the Easter egg people for this, that that's the 501st Legion of clone troopers shooting down, which is Anakin's personal unit. So he sees all of that. And then the flash cuts off. And I think this is a good call out to, I think nice old, old Republic two, where they basically say that somebody turned, or I think the main character turned themselves off to the force to the trauma. So as I just think I see them sort of bring that concept into the mainstream. Definitely. That's a great scene. Um, I noticed, I don't know what it's called. You guys would know. You, you remember like in Revenge of the Sith, Anakin has dreams of uh, Padme dying. Yeah. And uh, in episode two, he has dreams of his mother dying. The, the way they do the, the lens. I don't know what you call that. Like the style it was shot in, how the, the border, it was the same one. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I know you know what it is. Yeah, PBC has like a lens flare. Uh, lens flare is more like when light's hitting it. Um, it, it's it's like a zoom in with like a border of blur. Like it's yeah. it's like a it's like a focused tunnel kind yeah. of effect. It's like almost like a tunnel vision kind of effect. But it's like you're focusing on one small area and the rest of it's blurred to make it seem like you're in a dream or a flashback or something like right. that. Right. Yeah. So the same thing there. Um, obviously, you see the five of first legion come in. The three Jedi. Now, the three Jedi, we do not know who they are. And based on what I've seen, we're not supposed to. They're not important characters. They're just stand-in Jedi. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then that leaves another question. First off, you know, I notice at least when you're looking at this this angle of Grogu, it's like a first-person angle. You can kind of see something kind of hiding his face in a way. I know he's in his little bassinet thing, but like, there's something more covering his face, almost as if he's behind a door or looking through a window or something. But this brings up the question that's been asked a long time, pretty much since we found out he was a Jedi during the Clone Wars in Order 66, is who saved him? And I think it's an answer we get. And, you know, I think this is kind of bad, but... I don't see any other person it could be. Like, all right, just answer this for me. Pretty much every single character from the prequel era, like episode three, 
We know what they were doing at that time, except one person. Actually, two. Yeah. Mace Windu. I don't want it to be him. Mace Windu's dead at this point, though. But he's not confirmed dead. He never was. Yeah, he's not. He's he's doing stuff. But I, I don't want it to be him. But the other thing is, and I think it makes more sense, and hopefully it's true, it could be R2. Because R2 is there. Yeah, it's also curious because, I mean, there are Jedi, supposedly, that are un, like members of the council we don't see actually die in the uh, sequence. Maybe one of them gets him out. So I think it's a yeah. point where I think maybe they have the answer. They don't want to give it to us. Yes, they want to go get too sidetracked on Grogu stuff in this show. Oh, no, we'll, we'll get that eventually. I think that's maybe years till we get that answer. But it's something that, I, you know, that's the number one question in my mind right now. Yeah, Pete, any theories? I, I'm smiling because what if it's the Bad Batch? They're 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 guns for hire. Maybe Ahsoka, you know, Rex is involved in the Bad Batch. Maybe Ahsoka's like, you got to help me find a, you know, what I don't know. It's probably a little too late because Bad Batch happens after RC six. But maybe maybe it's them. It's not it's not crazy. It's not the. I mean, it is crazy. But it's not the craziest thing I ever heard. It, listen, the way I drafted my team, I need something. <laughs> It's the only way I can connect it. I don't think we're we're not figuring that out. I don't even think until Mando season five, four, yeah, five, yeah. But there's a handful of characters like we know. Like for example, we know it's not Luke and Leia. They're babies. They're not even born yet. Actually, technically, maybe it's not Han Solo. It's not you know. It's Chewie. not. Uh, it's not. It's not Ahsoka because we saw her in the Clone Wars where she was with Rex. It's not Maul. It, it's not. Obi-Wan, it's not Yoda, like the list goes on. It's pretty much everyone is is out. So it's like it's either it's either someone we don't know, Mace Windu or R2. Yeah, isn't R2 with Anakin though for, for part of this? Yeah, but Anakin's there. Yeah, my other yeah, and the other thing with a bad batch I just thought of here is that like we see them in the premiere on Order 66, and they're on that planet where young Caleb Doom gets like has his master killed. So when we but think how too- soon after the order the emperor makes the order is the raid on the temple. If I remember, That's what we need. Yeah, if I remember in the movie correctly, we see him give the order and we see Anakin march on the temple pretty much simultaneously. Right, but then why wouldn't they show a lightsaber? Like, yes, it is it is the battalion that was uh assigned to Anakin Skywalker, right? That's what we're assuming. Yes. But you don't see a lightsaber. You don't see why would why would only the battalion go after three Jedi and Anakin not help him in the temple? The theory I saw online is that maybe this is when Anakin's off killing the younglings. Yeah, but not to sound so like just like morbid, but like was it terribly hard for Anakin to kill the younglings? I'm, I'm not trying to be like really depressing, but like I don't think it's taking Anakin very long to do what he has to do as a as a as a Sith Lord. Yeah, but Nick, the temple's a very big place. I mean, he could be upstairs in another room, and they could be downstairs somewhere. Yeah, I know. That. Def- that's definitely possible. I, I think that's a good question that's, at least in my mind, is the number one question that's been raised by these shows that's going forward. Like, who saved him? Because I don't think that's a question you leave alone and don't answer. Like, uh, like the, the, what's it called? Who's like the Luke lightsaber from yep. episode seven? Like, I don't think you leave that one alone. Maybe they do. I, I don't know, but I, I don't think that's one that you leave alone. Yeah, I feel like this one, like in that one, I'll put a pan on this. This could tip the choice at the end of the end of the episode that Grogu makes, so I'll throw that to the end of the show. I'll put a pin in that one, but we can go ahead now. Mando wakes up, and 
Cameo number four, Pete Ahsoka's here. Yeah, like it's just it's just jam packed. Um, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm glad that Ahsoka explains why she's there because you know when we when we see her, Amando, she's adamant about him not her not training Grogu. That I can't do it. I'm not a Jedi and everything. And then when she's there, he's like, well, "What the hell are you doing here?" Yeah, simple question that definitely should have been asked, and it was. Thank God. Um, and she was like, "Well, I didn't." choose it he chose it I was like okay now we're gonna go there um but yeah i mean it was cool seeing her i'm i'm gonna piggyback on what nick said like i think they're just trying to set up this kind of everyone's gonna get together for maybe mando season three like i feel like this is what it's coming to um but we'll obviously have to see i mean maybe not season three maybe it's just a uh team up getting together to to show everyone's connected somehow you know it might just be as simple as that yeah, and Nick, we see Ahsoka show up here. I do love when Mando asks her, like, how do you ask, how do you know Luke? And she just says, friends of the family, rather than explain the entire complicated relationship she has with that Skywalker family. Mike, it pains me to say this, but 16 days from recording in the future, which is two Fridays from, or two weeks from this Friday, I will become 30 years old. Yes. And when she said I'm a friend of the family, I started crying. And it pains me to say that, but it happened. I mean, you know, I wasn't like, like, like crying, I was tearing. Um, what she, you would ask Pete rather earlier, why she's there or like something like that. Or he's like, I grant you, I'm glad she explained why she was there. Pete said, let's get real though. Why is she here? So the audience doesn't forget who she is when she has her own show, because she's only in one episode <laughs> of Mandalorian since Clone Wars. But but I like how they she tried to explain it so it would make sense in the uh, in the universe. But nice to see her and you know she said she's a friend of the family, which means that already, she already met Luke at that point. We'll get into that a little bit because I know they talk, but I would have liked to have seen their meeting on screen. But that doesn't mean it's impossible. We still could. Yeah, I think this is something I think we'll be exploring the Ahsoka show itself a little bit because Pete, I know that. Corporate synergy is probably why she's here. So my audience, hey, there's a Soka show coming in a couple of years, in a year or two. I think in terms of that, we also mentioned we know that her show is going to have flashbacks with Hayden Christensen, Anakin Skywalker. So I'm not shocked if that's where we find out where she seeks Luke out. It's a possibility. I the only thing I'm confused on, and I don't know how her species works when it comes to age, but I know we had a problem with Bo-Katan's age in the show live action that she looks a lot younger than what she's supposed to be. Can I just confirm something? How old was Ahsoka Tano at the end of Clone Wars? I know the answer, and I know the answer to how old she is now. So why don't you tell me what you think? She was, what, 17 at the end of Clone Wars? You mean at the end of the show or the, like the end no. of the war itself? No, the end. Of the- I, guess, I guess it's the same thing. At the end of the Clone Wars. At Order 66, how old was she? 17. Okay. So she's 17 at the end of Order 66. Okay. Mandalorian happens after Return of the Jedi, right? Yeah. Yep. Five years, roughly. Five years after the Return of the Jedi. Yes. Yeah. How many years elapsed between Order 66 and the Return of the Jedi? So I don't know it off my head, but I just know that in this show, she's 45. That's, that, that adds up. 28, 28 years. That does add up. 
she doesn't look 45, but again, she's also a different species of, of character. So I can't, I don't know what a 45 year old in Ahsoka species is supposed to look like, but Rosaria uh, Dawson's 42, which is close enough. Yeah, but I guess Rosaria Dawson also doesn't look 42, so I think it's hard. No, for, she, yeah, she doesn't look 42. You know, so, so okay. As long as, as long as it's kind of close in line. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that was the only thing I was thinking of. Bo-Katan was- made no sense because she looked younger in Rebels than she did in Clone Wars. Well, th- I think that was also an animation. The animation. Yeah, yeah, the animation was just weird in Rebels. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that Rebels animation about those Rebels podcasts we did about how the lightsabers like pencil sticks as opposed to like actual like lightsaber blades. Yeah, that's like the only issue I have with the show, honestly, was just the animation was just strange. Yeah. Well, I thought Clone I thought Clone Wars animation was great. Yeah. The thing that was confusing about the Rebels thing, and we're kind of going in a rabbit hole with the Rebels here, is like you mentioned this, that Bo-Katan shows up there. It's supposed to be about 19 years after uh, what after episode three period, and we see her at the end of the Clone Wars. A little bit Wars. less, but yeah. yeah. She looks, yeah, roughly, yeah, yeah. Like she looks the same age as Sabine. Sabine is supposed to be like 15 years old or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which, that makes no sense to me. She should have looked a little older. Definitely agree. All right, let's go ahead to Ahsoka talking to Mando, where she says that R2, she had R2 bring him to her as opposed to, to Grogu. And she says, okay, like, we're going to go ahead and we're going to walk to Grogu. So she has a conversation with him. She's going along and she says, you know, like, why are you here? You know, it's hard on him if you show up and he's trying to focus on his Jedi training. We find out, again, he wants to give the best scarf to him. And Ahsoka asks him, you know, like, why are you here for really? He's like, are you here for him or are you here for you? And P, I thought it was a great moment. We go there. We see her taken to the clearing where we see Luke and Grogu sitting on top of the mountain, like, doing some training. And she says, you can go see him if you want. I thought it was a very, like, a little bit passive aggressive, but very interesting way to sort of diffuse the situation. It was. Um, it seemed a little cookie cutter for me. I feel like I've seen that kind of scene happen outside of Star Wars in general. Like, are you doing this for you or doing it for them? Like, you know, I don't know. I've seen, I'm going to probably embarrass myself, but I'm sure there's a number number of rom-com films out there where someone breaks up with someone, the other person's happy with the other person. They're like, well, are you really trying to go see them because it'll make you feel better or it'll make them feel better? And it just, I feel like I've seen that before. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I think it was correct. And I think it worked for what Ahsoka was saying. Ahsoka always came off at the end of Clone Wars and also Rebels as someone with a good amount of wisdom and the good way of thinking, which we've seen that character development of Ahsoka. Obviously, when we first meet Ahsoka, we think she's the most annoying person in the world or whatever her species is. Um, But anyway, uh, I think it was appropriate. And I think it makes the decision Grogu has to make a lot harder because you see both sides. You see Grogu's feelings and you see Mando's feelings. also, Mando was someone that didn't really have feelings when we first met him. So we see character development there as well, probably even more so than after season two. Because even season two, he was, I, I would say he was a little broken up by Grogu leaving, but I don't think we see that. I want to say desperation, but we see that heartbreak a little bit. Heartbreak, love. I don't know, but that love for Grogu because he's like, I just want to see him. I want to give him this armor. Like, I, I want to see him. And then. Ahsoka kind of talks him off the ledge, so to speak, and says, don't do this to him. Let him make his own decision and, and all that. Yeah, I thought that was good. And Nick, I know we talked about this off the air, on the air a little bit about how, like, what are we going to do with this Mando-Grogu dynamic? I feel like if he have him meet him again, it sort of 
offsets the whole end of season two and up ruins development here. I thought the way the show handles is actually pretty good to having Ahsoka here sort of be the intermediary and just, you know, we as the audience get to see Grogu and see what he's up to, but Mando does not. So I think that was a clever way to sort of make, get, eat, make, make your cake and eat it too with the Grogu problem. Yeah, they also found a way by what, how the episode ends. They found a way to make it so you can reunite these characters without destroying anyone else's character yeah. or development. So you don't have Luke as a failure if Grogu leaves. It would be under his own choice, which Luke gave him. Or you don't have a horrible tear in Din's character development because his development is to care for Grogu. That's what he turned into. So either way, it, it works out. Yeah, this is a which is great because I, my fear was he, they're just going to go there. He's going to train him with a dark saber. Then Luke's going to say, "Okay, you go on with him, and I'll stay here." And it's just like, what? The you you brought this kid in to let him leave immediately. Like now, the way they're handling it is much better. And Grogu has the choice, and it's not as simple as just, "Up, oh, he's here, bye." Yeah, it's not like the Jedi in the past and not do daddy day like daddy daycare Pete, where they're like your parents coming. Oh, like. You can go, go go spend the weekend with mom and dad, then come back to us. Like I think that was good. That they sort of like preserved that little element of that. I agree. Um, I think that was leading up to Grogu's choice, though. I think his choice would have been a lot easier if he saw Mando. Um, so I think it worked twofold there. Yeah, it did. And before we leave this planet for a little bit, for before we go back to Tatooine for the big, press the rest of the episode, we do see that. Mando leaves, Luke meets Ahsoka, and then they have the meeting at the lake where Grogu's training, and Grogu is learning how to use the Force to hop around and avoid the training droid, and I thought the dynamic there of Nick was fascinating, because obviously, like, we know the relationship Ahsoka had with Anakin from their from the Clone Wars, and again, if you have not listened, go back, A, watch the show, the show is fun, and B, check out the Clone Wars podcast, you don't have time to watch the entire show, we'll break it all down for you, but... I thought that dynamic was fascinating because she's older than him. They feel like peers at the same time. I thought it was very complicated how this relationship would work. Yep. And he he almost, you can tell by the way he talks and the way he interacts with her, that he kind of treats her like a senior, if you will. Yeah. To him, because she kind of is. I mean, she was in the Jedi Order first, which is really great. And... Also, we failed to mention that when um, when uh, the when Mando left, you see Grogu reach out for him yeah. with his arms. You see, like looking at the ship, like seeing the ship leave. I don't. I guess he didn't see him, but he sensed him, which was really nice to see. But the dynamic between Luke, Luke and Ahsoka is just something that, pretty much since two thousand and eleven, for me, I've been fantasizing about how they're going to meet. And how they're going to interact. Like when I started, I didn't, as I mentioned, like a year and a half ago or whatever it was, when we started doing the Clone Wars, I didn't watch like season one and two. I don't even think three when they were out, but I like caught up and started watching then. You know what I mean? So for me, it was like 2011 or so, 2012 maybe when I started watching the show. But um, so it's been my wonder for at, at least 10 years what has been the. Uh, the relationship between these two and i want more because she has mentioned to him you're a lot like your father or you remind me of my father or you remind me of your father i forgot exact the exact wording or, but i i need to see more of the two of them and i need to see more vader talk between them and that's just like makes you think like what what would happen if anakin never turned to the dark side 
You would have Anakin and Padme. I mean, she might have died anyway. I don't know. But they would have been a happy family with Uncle Obi-Wan and Aunt Ahsoka living in Coruscant, you know? Yeah, and Pete, I think the dialogue Nick was mentioning here was like the line, I think when Luke is talking about his heart's not in it and Ahsoka's like, just like your father. So I think that was everything because she has all this knowledge about his father, whereas he only met, knew him as Darth Vader and then at the end, he's the old man, he dies. Yeah, I mean, they Nick is definitely onto something where there's got to be such a connection between Ahsoka and Luke, right? I mean, after seeing how Ahsoka was with her master in Clone Wars, it's very hard to believe that Luke and Ahsoka don't have some sort of solid bond. Um, because Ahsoka was very upset to see Anakin go to that dark side, but she had so much knowledge of how good of a Jedi he was in general prior to all this happened. And I feel like Luke can get a lot of information from her. And I feel like that would be a really cool angle to show. I don't know when, I don't know when you show that, what show you show that on, what time frame do we see it? But there is definitely, it, it hits you when she says that because she's seen some stuff. I mean, Luke's seen stuff too, but she's seen some stuff when it comes to Anakin and Darth Vader and, and order 66. And she's seen, a lot of brutal things compared to just the rebellion. Um, so it, it hits, it hits hard when she says that it does. And that's our leave because she goes off on her own adventure. And then we follow Mando to Tatooine. He oh, hold on one sec, Mike, before you get there, yeah. just wouldn't you think this is pretend you're Luke for a second. You're Luke. You here. I'm your father from this Vader guy. You don't really know much about him at that point. So you then in the in the year between that and Return of the Jedi, he accepts the fact that he is his father. He says that to him on Endor when they said so accepted that you were once Anakin father. You know, you know the, the movie. Yep. You've seen it. And then he dies, and and he and you know he burns the suit and all that in the body, and he's a Force ghost. My mind, the number one thing out of my mind, if I'm Luke, is I gotta learn more about this guy. I gotta know more about him before he was Darth Vader. What happened? And then this person, Ahsoka, gets thrown into your life. However, it happened, we don't know if it was five years ago they met right after the Jedi. They just met a couple days before the Mandalorian showed up. We don't know. I would pick her brain apart with everything I can possibly know. That's, I would assume, what he wanted more than anything in the world was to learn more about his father. He got that opportunity, and I'm sure we're going to see that in something else, probably Ahsoka show. Yeah, for sure. Now let's go ahead back to uh, Tatooine. We follow Mando there. He lands in Jabba's palace, and then we see a little briefing going on here, and we get to see the little huddle around the monitor there where Fennec's giving the uh, game plan here. It's her, the, the Cyberpunk Power Ranger there, Black K is there, Pete Boba's there finally. He's back after about... Another cameo, Boba. <laughs> He's there after an episode and a half off, and... I mean, he's there. He doesn't speak, but he has at least checked in this time, Pete. I wonder how much he gets paid to have no lines in general. Uh, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, at this point in the show, I think the Boba Fett storyline is dead. And I hate to be, may have been harsh about this show. It's unfortunate that we have to ride the Mandalorian to get good episodes out of the show, in my opinion. And it works. He's coming to help Boba Fett. 
it makes sense. There's there's nothing wrong with what's happening. And we'll talk about this at the end of the podcast when we talk about our predictions and just overall talk. It's just it sucks to see that we could have had a, such a better show with Boba Fett as the center of the show and the two better episodes. He's barely in it. Yeah, I think it's more Nick, a reflection. I completely of, agree. A reflection, though, I think they didn't really have much to do with Boba hard from his flashbacks. And I think right, this is obviously, again, Mando's coming in. He's flying in on his uh, new Naboo ship and he saves the season a little bit because the episode's definitely gotten up in quality since he's been here. But you do feel bad for Ted Morrison who gets his own vehicle. He gets to be the star. He gets to be the man behind the suit of the most like mysterious badass character in the history of this franchise prior to the start of this show. And now we're going down the stretch. He's barely here. It sucks for him. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it all goes back. I said, this, I was feeling uh, my new weekly thing that I'll say is <laughs> it all goes back to the, um, preview. What do, we, what do we call it? Yeah, the Book of Over Preview podcast that we did. I told you, you cannot make a show in Star Wars about the underworld. There's nothing to talk about. Pretend pretend there was no flashbacks in the first, how many, four episodes there were flashbacks? Yeah. I think. No flashbacks in the first four episodes. Pretend there was no Mandalorian star- story, except give him 10 minutes. He shows to up. See what he's up to. Yeah, and then Fennec to do that little last scene there. So do that. And pretend there's no Grogu and Luke in this. What do you have? Not you much. have Boba, you know, we, we, you know we, we can recap the show the entire se- season another time, but you would basically have Boba, the Black K, cyberpunk people, how he meets all of them, the, the mayor, mayor's Major Dean, uh, Madame Garza. And that's it. That's like how many scenes? How many total time is that? Maybe two hours? Maybe? I think it's a lot less than that's two a- hours. Yeah, you're right. You're probably right. You're probably right. That's probably an hour and a half total of everything. And then you have your last episode, which I'm assuming will all be there. relevant. So you're you're looking at a movie. Yeah. You're looking at a movie that would not have done well at the box office at all. So instead of sitting here, this is how I've realized. Instead of me sitting here and saying, oh, they just took the movie and turned it into a show. I'm not happy with it. No. I'm thrilled because if this was a movie, it would not sell. No one would see it. People who did see it wouldn't like it. And that would be another damper in Star Wars, the way that I believe it was dampered from The Last Jedi and Solo. Yeah. Follow that. So yeah. that's great that they didn't do it. And they're learning from their mistakes, I think. Yeah. In terms of actual storyline, though, in terms of the mechanics of being the boss, I think, Pete, it does make sense now that sort of Boba has finally gotten the hang of, you know, I'll have to do all this myself. I can delegate and have people do my do some of this dirty work for me. And we do see here Fennec's leading the briefing where she's saying, okay, the pikes are forming up here, here, and here. We have some muscle now with Mando and Black K. And we're going to, you know, we need more foot soldiers. And this is, and then Mando sort of takes initiative here to go get more foot soldiers. I do think the, the battle plan was solid. But I do think that, like, I'm a bit disappointed they not hire more muscle in the time we haven't seen them. I agree. I mean, I feel like they've painted a picture of Boba Fett being just shot. So it's like, well, what else is he going to do except for delegate? Right. I mean, we, we talked about it in probably too much on this podcast about how Boba Fett was in the trailer portrayed to be this badass just comes in, kills Bib Fortuna. And I'm, I'm taking the throne now to, Oh, my, my, I don't know how to use my jetpack anymore. So I can't defeat these shield guys. Put me in the tank. Like I, it, it it was very lackluster. So I'm glad that Fennec is taking point and that he's 
overseeing it. Um, we'll talk about this more later about Mando's uh, role in this season. Um, but I think this was the direction they had to go in. I, I don't know if they had enough content to make another three episodes after chapter five. Yeah. Uh, four, excuse me. Yeah. I, just it, they had to at this point. Yeah, and Nick, also, one thing we didn't point out last week, Pedro Pascal now gets main billing right after uh, Ted Morris and, and uh, Ming-Na Wen. So, like, he is the third main character of this show. So, we have to, we can now accept that. So, you know, like, this is, like, Mando is, like, the B-star, but he is a big part of this of the season. Absolutely. He's a really loved character. There is no other way to, uh, to put it. Um <sighs> What was I going to say? Oh, so important, too. It was so good. Mando, B-Stars, we're talking about the briefing. Oh, man. We're going to talk to Cobb Vanth. No, it wasn't that. Uh, the second time it happened to me, and then last time I did, I just rudely interrupted somebody, too, when I came up with it. That'd oh. be weak. Yeah. Yeah, so you know what? We'll, uh, we'll keep going. You, If you think about it, write it down and let me know later. So right now, we're yep, go- yep. we'll go ahead. We're going to Mando going out to... New, newly dubbed Freetown to go meet up with Cobb Vanth and basically tries to recruit him and say, hey, you know, we need help over here. Like, the Pikes are coming and the, the Weequay bartender's like, hey, we won't, don't want any part of this. We did our job getting free. And Mando correctly points out to Cobb Vanth, hey, like, if they run us over, they're not going to stop. They're going to go after you guys next. So I thought the sales pitch was good, Pete. Yeah, it was a good sales pitch. I think the Mandalorian, you know, Mando has always been pretty good at explaining things. I mean, granted, there's been a couple times where he just had to just do a job to get the person's uh, services, but uh, it made sense. It wasn't like some fairy tale kind of selling point he tried to make. And I think Nick just remembered his point. So I'm going to shoot over to him before he forgets. It. Yeah, I see Nick. He's got the point. The point, the point was, I saw a. I guess it was like a reel on Instagram. I guess those are like TikTok things. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not with the times. Almost 30 now. I don't have TikTok. I don't know how that works. And it's like mini videos, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. But, and it was a guy who said, and he was joking, and he goes, man, they really ruined Boba Fett's character from the original trilogy. And then it's a video underneath it, and it says, look how cool Boba Fett was in the originals. And it shows Leia with her thermal detonator. And he turns it on, and Boba Fett does this. He raises his blaster, and he goes, wow, he was so cool. Like, the point is being, he didn't even do anything in the original trilogy. And we're all just expecting him to be so cool just because he looked cool. So I, it's not that, and you, it's not the craziest thing in the world when you think about it, that he's not that cool. He well, just isn't. I'm going to rebut that with Boba Fett in Mando. Uh, well, in Mando, but also in the animated series when he was younger. Definitely definitely was the coolest I've ever seen him in Mando, but in the animated series, he was pissed off. Let's put it that way. Pissed off, but he had some drive, right? Yeah, he had some help also. He's being helped by older bounty hunters like when he was younger, so they were basically bringing him along on the missions. All right, I'll be here if you need me then. <laughs> trying, to, trying to make points here. Fine. Yeah, so- <laughs> no, I actually, no, I actually agree with, with Pete. I, I do. I, I think that he was much cooler in other material, but he was not cool in the original trailer. He was cool. It looked cool, but he was not a badass. Like everyone made him out to be. He, he died cool. from falling in. No, he didn't die, I guess, but you know what I mean? He got sent off by a stick. I wielded by a blind Han Solo. Yeah. 
and he and he literally just raised his blaster. That was it. And he was cool looking in the Empire Strikes Back. Like, who is this guy? Very mysterious. But he didn't actually do anything. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about this a little bit. And Pete, before we go forward here, can we talk about how terrible Deputy Scott is? I mean, <laughs> like cookie character, in my opinion. I like using the word cookie cutter when it comes to things that we've seen before. I Look, I mean, it makes sense. I don't particularly like the character, but it makes sense uh, for him to to be that way. And it, and it especially makes sense for him to be that way for later in the episode, which we'll get to probably right now. And the significance of that, um, his actions are a direct result of a, excuse me, his actions turn into a direct result of something terrible. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just one of those characters that I feel like they had to throw in to make the next scene make sense. Yeah, and Nick, we talked about last week the unusual Star Wars. We got a normal name here. We got Deputy Scott. Yeah. Um, if we mentioned that last week, how many did we have? We had like four or five. So I guess we have one more now. Um, no, not for long. Yeah. <laughs> but another uh, point that I want to bring up is Mando in his meeting with uh, Cobb Vance had mentioned, or Cobb had mentioned, and some of the bartender had mentioned that this is not their fight. It's not here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that is actually it's taken directly from a deleted scene in A New Hope when Luke, well, also Luke, not even not even in a deleted scene, in a regular scene, says that he doesn't really care because the Empire doesn't do anything at Tatooine. He's like, he's like, oh, what am I going to do? The Empire, like he's, I don't know the wording, to be honest with you, but he says something along the lines of the fight's not here. The fight's there. And wouldn't you know it, they literally came to his doorstep less than 24 hours later and killed his his uh, um, guardians. And then in the deleted scene, he's talking to his friend Biggs, and his friend Biggs is telling him all about it, and he says, it's not my fight, it's not here. So that's literally, like, it's a nice, like, um, you know what I'm trying to say? It's a nice, like... Homage. Yeah, it shows you exactly what, you know, it may not be here now. The Pikes may not be here right now. They don't seem interested, but it's going to be a big deal. And you can see Cobb Vance is like, okay, I just saw these guys. I don't know. We're led to believe that's like what, like two days ago. Yeah. Roughly. Probably. I just saw these guys two days ago. I think we're in. I'll help you out. And then Mando flies away. Yeah. Pete, the point Nick brings up about the homage there, I think not even just the delete. It's the fact that that's basically Han Solo's character arc at the end of episode four, where he's saying like, Hey, Empire's not my problem. I got paid. I gotta go sell my debt with Jabba. And then he realized, you know what? I'm going to help out anyway. I think that's sort of like an homage to that too. It is. It is. I think it is. I want to say typical Star Wars because it's, you know, a lot of people in Star Wars are always trying to fight evil, right? Good versus evil. But we, like you said, Han Solo, we've seen characters before. It's like, look, and I'm sure 99% of the regular citizens, right? They keep their head down. We talked about this last week. We'd love to see what the regular citizen does under the Empire. It's like, keep our heads down. They're not bothering me. I'm just going to do what they say. And that's the end of it. So it, it just, it's another glimpse into the regular citizen and the regular person or species or whatever that live under the empire. And even after the empire. Yeah. Nick, I think the close we get to that regular citizen thing is I think season one of rebels, probably the close we get to it. We see when we see on the fall, we see how the empire is like basically occupying the planet, how the citizens have to deal with it. Yep. Absolutely. It's there, you know, whether, you like it or not, the war is coming. 
the war is coming, and then Mando ends up leaving, knowing that like Cobb Van Pace says, "Hey, I'll think about it." After he leaves, Cobb Van tells Deputy Scott, "Hey, get all the people who can wield a gun and fight into town. We have to have a meeting before the meeting can happen." Here we see the lone gunslinger walking in from the desert, and I thought this is a great homage because early episode we see the title. From the desert comes a stranger. I know that was a great switch on us because we thought, oh, Cobb Vanth is going into Mos Espers to go tell Boba Fett the pikes are coming. Let's do something about it. But no, we see the one and only making his live action debut. Cad Bane is finally here. And Pete, how exciting is this? I think they did a phenomenal job with Cad Bane. I think they nailed his character perfectly. Um, I, I'm going to nitpick a little bit. I don't remember the animated character's teeth so when i saw the teeth of cad bane i was like i don't remember him looking like that but it obviously they know what their characters looked like i just never really took notice but i think they nailed this character the the voice uh the way he looks the way he acts um i have one little gripe about what he says but we'll talk about it a little in a little bit but very exciting when i saw that hat in the distance walking up i said that's cad bane that's it that's who it is yeah, and Nick, for those of us who are not initiate here, I know the the Clone Wars people, we all know who this is. We're very excited about it. And you are our expert here on the podcast. So give the audience who just joined us for Book of Boba Fett did not come along with the Clone Wars rewrite this. Tell us, tell us who Cad Bane is. So long story short, Cad Bane is a bounty hunter from the Clone War era, mostly. And he rose to, I don't want to say power, but he became the best bounty hunter in the galaxy when Jango Fett died. And we all saw Django die when Mace Windu chops his head off. And over the years, Cad Bane led numerous arcs in the Clone Wars. There was the heist at the Jedi Temple to rescue Zero, to kidnapping the Chancellor, all these events during the Clone Wars. And he shows up again in the Bad Batch. He um, kidnaps Omega in that show, uh, Boba Fett's sister. Or I guess kind of sister. I don't really know how. I guess she's a sister. Yeah. And then... Um, Another thing that we learn about that we excuse me that we've never seen before that I think they're going to make canon because you've seen how in the past they've turned things that were previously a legend or previously like a deleted scene into canon, similar like Luke's friends for example in one of the earlier episodes were just in a deleted scene and now they showed up again. Boba Fett and Cad Bane. Let's just say, put it simply, I guess at in one time, Boba Fett was his apprentice, I guess you could say, but they don't really get along too well nowadays. And Boba Fett has a dent in his helmet. And that dent is from a fight with Cad Bane in Clone Wars deleted scene. So my, and that dent is still there in live action. It is still a dent that is, you know, that they didn't get rid of. So I'm thinking that they're going to have some sort of confrontation next week, some face-to-face, and they're going to mention that, making that battle canon. Yeah, it's a good point. And Pete, that's what you mentioned before. We talked about this, the lead arc in Clone Wars that never got produced and the show got canceled. That That's something we talked about here. But also, to bring up the Bad Batch point, too, he mobile is fighting with Fennec Shand in Bad Batch over Omega. Omega's trying to protect him, or she's trying to protect Omega, and he's trying to bring her in. So that's another good reason I thought Cavi has a lot to show up in the season, because he has beef with both of them, and now they now he's here. No, it, it definitely makes sense. Um, I, the only thing I didn't like was that the reasoning that he doesn't like Boba Fett is because he worked with the Empire. And I just found that odd for Cad Bane to say, because Cad Bane 
wasn't always kosher with what he did. I mean, he was a bounty hunter himself doing bad things for bad people and the empire included. So I don't know why that was the reasoning he gave um, the, you know, the marshal there. I always, I always met Cobb Vanth. Yep. Am I saying it right? Yep. I don't know why that's what he said. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I could have, I feel like something else could have came out of his mouth. That would have made more sense. I'm not terribly upset about it, but I was just like, I, you're like the worst of the worst. Like, I don't, you're kidnapping people. You're attacking, you know, for the empire. Like, I don't understand how that's the reasoning. So I, maybe they explain, maybe they don't, but that was literally the only gripe I had about Cad Bane. I actually got an answer for this one, by the way. I do think oh, yeah. I know why he did this. And I do, again, we, we learned that he's working for the Pikes. Basically goes to Cobb Van and says, hey, I know that you're trying to work for Boba Fett. We're going to pay you more than Boba Fett is paying you if you stay out of the mix here. And I think, again, Cobb Vanth has been basically held up at Freetown for his entire life, and he has no Boba Fett from a hole in the wall. So maybe he's part of the pitch here saying, like, hey, like, Boba Fett ain't no saint either, so don't feel bad about, like, helping him out. So I think it's more of sort of a sell of, like, hey, he's not, like, the god of most Espa here, so don't feel bad at not turning him down and taking our money and staying out of it. So... Two things. One, the teeth technically are accurate, but I agree they're really distracting. Yes. Yeah. But besides the teeth, forget that. He says the thing about the Empire. But then I think to myself, he was in Bad Batch and he kidnapped Omega. And for what reason? Because he was hired by the Kaminoans. Now, weren't the Kaminoans working for the Empire? So wasn't he working for the Empire himself? Yeah, but it's or were Ka- they not working? Or were they not working for the Empire at that point? Because that's possible too. I don't think they were working for the Empire at that point. I think they were just sort of trying to clean up their own mess. That's possible. So I mean, look, wasn't he the one that orchestrated the kidnapping of the Emperor because the Emperor hired him? So technically, yeah. he was working he, for the Empire. So it, it's funny though because he he orchestrated the kidnapping of Chancellor Palpatine, but he didn't know that he was also Darth Sidious. So he was. He was stealing him for the separatists, but didn't realize he was capturing their own rate. Like, you know, because no one knew that he was playing both sides back then, except a select few people. Yeah. If anyone really, did anyone know? I don't think anyone really did. I don't think anyone knew, actually, now that I think about it. Maybe, you know, Dooku probably knew. That's about it. Yeah, I think Dooku was the only one. And it seems like Maul figured it out. And that's, you know, that's about it. Yeah, absolutely. And now we get this fantastic Wild West style showdown in the middle of the street. And. Cobb Vanth is telling everyone, go inside. I will deal with myself. And you see Cobb Vanth, Cad Bane, and then Deputy Scott says, I got to get involved. I got to help my boss here. So he comes out. They see the three-way draw, and Cad Bane has both his blasters. Quick on the draw. Looks like he shoots Cat- Cobb Vanth in the shoulder, kills Deputy Scott, and says, like, stay out of our way and just leave. So in terms of, like, badassness, I think this is a fantastic way to set him up. It's like, oh, the Pikes were really sort of these faceless villains, and now we have a face to say this is somebody we're, we're rooting against in the finale. It was great. Um, he showed why he's such, you know, how he's to be feared. And I failed to mention in our little recap of him that I did for like 30 seconds. Also, he's killed many Jedi. Like Cad Bane is not like, oh, he's just a bounty hunter like Bosk. Like Bosk isn't going to kill a Jedi. Cad Bane is, you know, a serious, serious threat. And they make it clear because he shoots the deputy like eight times. He shoots Cobb once. And when when he's going away, like at the end of that scene, you hear him in the background, like, get a medic, get a medic. So, like, Cobb Vance is not dead. 
I'd really be shocked if he was dead. The deputy, I would imagine, is definitely dead. So I think we'll be seeing Cobb again. Whether that's next episode, I would say yes. I guess he doesn't have to show up next episode. Maybe he's recovering. So I don't know how soon next episode is going to be. Is it going to be like a couple days? It's going to be tough for him to take a bullet wound and or, right, or a blaster wound and get right back into it. But I think he'll be there. Yeah, and Pete, what did you think about this uh, old West-style gunfight? I think it was phenomenal. Uh, one gripe about that I have on every action film, not just this, I never understood why if it's two versus one, the person that's not getting shot at waits to get shot. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm just, that happens, like even like watching like a movie like John Wick or whatever like that, like there's always, if it's three against one, for some reason, the protagonist always has time or the antagonist has time to kill all three because the other two or the other one is just sitting there waiting. If I was, and I am, have no skill when it comes to this, but if I was in that position, Deputy Scott, the minute someone pulls their weapon, I'm firing. So you have two people firing at one person. That That's the only gripe I have. But again, that's not a Star Wars gripe. It's just an action Movie. film. You see it all the time. The Avengers are fighting everyone. They have like three of them waiting in the background, waiting for their turn. <laughs> that's the, it has nothing to do with Cad Bane or why they had to do this because of the story. Like, that needs to happen. Cad Bane. Really cool if he pulled out two guns. That would have been cool. Yeah. Right. Cad Bane needs to look like a badass in this. Like, he, he needs to. But I was just like, come on. Like, you could just shoot. Like, there's <laughs> you have so much time. Yeah. Well, spoiler. Said, if two guns out and shot him at the same time, honestly, that would have been better. But I, I don't know. That was the only gripe. But again, great, great scene. Cad Bane. 100% amazing. Like, I will tonight after my hockey game, I'm going to watch that scene again on YouTube or something. I'm going to find it on Disney Plus and just watch that scene again because it was so good. Yeah. Do you think he was a bit, bit pale? The blue was a bit lighter than he usually is. Yeah. It was. Yeah, I, but he's also aged. I mean, he's got to be 71, 70 years old, roughly. Now, I have no idea how his species ages, but that's 70 years old. So it's not crazy to think in the last. How many years did we say? We haven't seen him since Bad Batch. About 20 is, years. Yeah, that, uh, roughly 30 years. And I don't think it's crazy to think that his skin tone may have changed. I will say, though, the I think the cinematography of that shot, when they see him with the hat down and he raises his head, you see the red eyes. Like, that was perfect. I love that so much. Yep. And, I mean, there's literally no better way to introduce him. So he's always been a space cowboy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this time it was kind of in a desert, kind of made more sense for his character. And one more thing that I failed to mention about his character is he has these tubes yeah. coming out of his, uh, I guess you could say his cheeks. Yeah. So what they do, they first off allow him to breathe in space. That's that's nice for him, right? Yes. And second is they prevent him from being force choked by Jedi or Sith. So I wonder. Now, I really doubt it. Do you, but if Luke were to ever try, if Luke's the only really Jedi around nowadays, who would force choke? Well, yeah, Luke would have tried, it wouldn't work. But I doubt Disney would allow Luke to force choke. He did once in Return of the Jedi to those uh, Gamorrean guards, but I really doubt he would ever do it again. What about Grogu if Mango is threatened? Maybe. Maybe. That's one I could see. But it wouldn't work on Cad Bane. No. Was the point of those tubes. But I, I, I think the point of the tubes is the space breathing, but they also serve that purpose. Yeah, anyway, so he leaves, and we we go forward here to 
scene in town in Mos Espa. We see the Madame Garza bar. A couple of pikes walk in. They're kind of being nonchalant, not doing anything. And then we see them get up and leave. They deny having their helmets cleaned. And we see the droid says, oh, wait, you forgot your uh, package here. And then, shocker, it's a bomb. They blow up Madame Garza's bar. P, is Madame Garza dead here? Do we officially just say goodbye to Jennifer Beals on the show? Uh, I'm going to say no. Uh, Star Wars has proven if you don't see a dead body, the character's probably not dead. So I'm going to say no. I think it also squashes the theory that Madame Garza was in on all this with the mayor. No. Um, I mean, I could be wrong. Could be just the mayor saying, okay, she was in on it. And now I'm going to, you know, blow up anyway, or maybe Madame Garza knew it was going to happen. I don't know. But like, uh, to me, I feel like why go and mess up the money-making spot of your city? Yeah. yeah. But I mean, again, I, I've been dead wrong about all my predictions. So, <laughs> Now you've, been no. doing, you've, got, you've been on some predictions, but I'm going to go to Nick for a second here. One thing I forgot earlier, and I'll go back to the scene in a minute here, is like when they're doing the briefing there that the mayor's assistant is just hanging out there. And then like they're talking about the mayor's vacation, the mayor not being out of town when the pike show. It's like, that was a planned vacation. That one got me laughing too. When the, yeah, I mean, everybody else. the guy, the guy sucks. Like the character, but the guy, the actors, he's really good. Yep. Like he's really good at making you hate that character. And that's exactly what he was trying to do. But Mike, and Pete, there was a character absent from, let's call it the cantina. Someone who was not there, who must have called out sick to work that day. Max so, Rebo lives. Yes. <laughs> Max Rebo was not there. The band was playing. They did not show Max. It was not the end of Max Rebo. Yeah, no, Max. Somehow survives the explosion on Java's ship. Then it then doesn't go to work that day, this day. He continues to just dominate the world. P, is there a world where Max Rebo is the boss behind all of this? or Because he seems to be disappearing right before all these tragic things happen. I'm not going to say anything because my predictions are wrong. <laughs> but I will say this. If they ever spun something to have Max Rebo be like the bad guy, I'd be okay with it. Yeah, that would be, be fun. And anyway, as far as the uh, bar explosion goes, Nick, I think this is a bold statement from the Pikes. Basically walk right in the middle of Boafest territory, blow up the sanctuary bar and say... I think it was sort of an intimidation tactic to the uh, three clans saying, hey, like, stay the hell out of our way or this could happen to you. So I think that was definitely the motivation behind that attack. Definitely. Yeah. But it seems like in the previous episodes, this bar is right down the, the sanctuary, they call it, is right down the road from the mayor's office now. Yes. And the mayor, we think at this point, is in on it. And I guess they're against the bar. I just feel like that's kind of like you're damaging the street. I don't know. I guess it doesn't really matter. But it just seems kind of very close for comfort where you're destroying something. Like, who knows how these explosions go? Like, what if the fire catches and sets the mayor's building on fire? He's, probably, he's, on, he's on your side. Well, he's getting paid. I'm sure he doesn't care. Who, the mayor? Yeah. I guess so. Yeah, he's not. And then we. I thought for a second that that was going to the end of the episode. That would be pretty cool. I thought that would have been a solid seven ending on the episode, sort of signal the war is coming. But we do go back to... The Jedi school, Luke is meeting with Grogu, and then he and they're inside the fully built uh, Jedi temple building that they have. And they're, they're basically, he basically presents him the choice that you end the episode on, where he says, okay, your friend, with the Mandalorian was here. He left you this Mandalorian Beskar. You can have this, or you can have Yoda's lightsaber, and I will teach you the ways of the Jedi. You can, you can only choose one, though. If you choose the best car, you have to leave and go back to man to your friend immediately. 
if you train the way of the Jedi, the way you age, you may not receive the Mandalorian again. And then we cut end the episode on Grogu's face. He's trying, he's reaching to make a decision. So I think this is a fun way to end it, Pete. But I don't, correct me if I'm wrong here. There's no way we see this next week. So we probably will not. Am I? That means we, that means we will. <laughs> um, I think the Grogu scene and the Cad Bane scene should have been flipped. I think ending the episode with Cad Bane walking away back into the sunset, saying, "You know, don't mess with us." After the explosion with the pikes. I think that would have been a better ending than seeing Gro- like I think the Grogu scene should have still been in the episode, but they should have flipped them. So they should have had Cat uh, Grogu, then the, the the bar, and then uh, and then Cad Bane. I I don't know, and we're going to talk about this very briefly. I'm sure at the end of this podcast, when it comes to this show, I don't know how much time is left <laughs> to explain the millions of questions that have come up from this show. So I'm gonna say. Knowing the way this show has progressed, we might get an answer and Grogu returns either via Ahsoka or something to the Mandalorian, maybe on most Eisley, I don't know, or he picks to be a Jedi. I feel like we might get that decision because that might set up Mandalorian season three. Yeah. Um, but I, it's so hard right now because there's just so much they have to talk about, in my opinion, before the end of this season, which is next week. Yeah, and Nick, I mean, we're getting a whole war next week between the Pikes and the uh, Team Boba Fett. So it feels like for yep. me, this is this is a good place to sort of leave the Grogu story and say, look, like tune into whatever, tune into Mando season three. You'll get, a, get an answer at some point on this question. So do you want our predictions on his choice at the end here? That would make more sense, right? I think at the end here, I'll make it. We'll just throw okay, it. So I, won't, I won't go into that, but I do think, I do think we're going to get an answer next week. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm saying I think we will. And I think the choice is beautiful because the way Luke does it is not in a way of you either a Jedi or you're not a Jedi. It's I'm giving you a chance right now to walk away from this and we're going to, you know, wipe the slate clean and I'm not going to like hold it against you. Like you're, you're, he's not an adult, but you're an adult. You can make your own decision kind of thing. And if you don't want to be here, I'm not going to force you to be here and do something that you don't want to do. You want, if you feel that your bond with him is more important to you than your training, then do that. I'm not going to hold you back. And that's a great thing for Luke character because I think he sees that. And I also think he's testing him personally. And I think I I know what he I think I know what he wants him to choose, and it's not what you would think. And we'll get into all this in the predictions, but I think there's a lot more that this scene has to offer than just what they show you up front. I think this means a this is like we'll get into this is obviously a huge scene though. It is, and we'll kind of put a pin in this because that's where we end the episode. I do think to Pete's point though, I think if you put the Grogu thing first. I think you're losing the audience the rest of the way because I feel like they're going to be so fast about what Grogu's choosing and they're not going to pay attention to what's happening on the screen with Cad Bane. And I, I want to come. I want to combine both of your points. I think you still end the episode with this, but you do the Pikes before Cad Bane. Yeah, I think the, the problem I think is that they put the Gar- Madame Garcia at night, so you have to say, "Oh, it's the next day" or something like that. True. Well, it doesn't have to be at night. 
I think cinema, like, for the sh- look of the shot, I think they like that way it looked at night. Uh. All right, and that's where we are. I think we're going to put a pin in this in this stuff here. We'll go back to the Grogu stuff at the end. We'll do a special extra prediction on the Grogu choice of it all. But now we're going to do have some fun here. We're going to update our trackers here on the podcast as we do every single week. We're going to start off on the podcast. We're going to look at number one here. We're going to look at the character draft board and there has been some serious progress made here pete because right now i'm sharing it on the youtube version for people to see here i'm on the board welcome i'm so happy (laughs) yeah right now this is so in the event in the event that mando is not in the last episode and hondo is we tie well i mean right now i would be that, that the tie is possible I don't think it's possible that Mando's not in it. But maybe you get both of your characters. Well, you get you're going to get Cad Bane again. Yeah, you're probably get you're probably going to win three to two. And Pete, he's very surprised if yeah. any of the three show up. I I think <laughs> I need Hunter to show up three times separately <laughs> so that we hit the three. So do you do you remember the draft order here? I think I had the first pick. You did, which means I had the last pick, or no, you did with Chopper. I had the last pick with Chopper. Okay, because I was going to say, this is not true, that my last pick was Mando, and how did that go? But it was my last pick. It wasn't the last pick. That would have been cool, right? Yeah, you picked Bo-Katan for Mando somehow. Yep. <laughs> Looking back, I remember I just picked Mando, Grogu, <laughs> and Ahsoka, and I was dominating. This is, I'm such an idiot. I think, though, Pete, if this was a, I think this is the Ahsoka draft, you would win running away. I don't. I don't know. Our our team is carrying over. No, our teams are not carrying over. Obi Wan's a completely different draft. Yeah, I don't. I, someone, someone I don't think one of up. these characters is shopping Obi Wan. Someone brought this up, and I don't know if we went over this. Uh, one of my friends, Kyle, did, or it, maybe Kyle and Angelo. So shout out to them. What happens if you two tie? Do I have to buy you both Hondo figures? Like, how does that work? We have not discussed this. Oh no, we oh. haven't. So if you guys tie, am I out for like thirty bucks and I have to buy you guys both pops? I mean, I'll do it. That, that was the that was the I agreement. Think, I think we flip a coin at that point. Okay, we, we, we'll have a tie break. I, I think we now w- the rule is whoever comes in last pays for it, right? And the person who comes in second is just off the. Hook. I'm paying for it. There's just no the person. The person who comes in second is paying for is paying for the shipping. I'm buying. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But I'm trying to figure out if you guys tie. I think. In this case, I think I would technically go to the screen time argument that Nick would win that. Okay. Whatever whatever you guys want. I, all I know is Zombie. I agree because then I would win. Because also because Mando's been on the screen a lot more than Cat Bane has. True. Including last week. Full episode. <laughs> all right. So that's the character draft board. And now we're going to check on here the track, the actual tracker to do here. The Hondo tracker, 18 appearances. It's not getting updated. He's not like they're not introducing him next week, Nick. No, but I do think we see him in live action within the next two years. I think two two predictions here, Pete, where he could show up. Number one is Obi Wan. Yep. And number two is that Lando show they're doing because that'd be a good spot to bring him along. Is in Lando. No, I I agree. All right. Next up here, the Bo Katan tracker still at thirteen. Pete, I don't think we're seeing her either. I mean, anything's possible. See her uh, in Ahsoka. I mean, I, not going to see her, so she shows up next episode. <laughs> Here, here's a theory. They want to go get more soldiers, right? Well, he went, to go, went get, to go get Cobb Vanth and 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 friends, right? Yes. 
I really don't think they're going to make it. I think Cobb Vanth will make it, but I really don't think his people are going to They might, but like in my mind, they still need soldiers. So maybe the Mandalorians come and help them, like Sasha Banks and her. Sabine. Sabine. And Sabine. Yeah. I keep calling her. I'm going to. Should I call her Sasha Banks? Is that right? Is that what she goes by? That's a wrestling that's name. That's her wrestling I, I name. You can call her Sasha Banks. I, I, think, that's, her I think that's her stage name. Yeah. Right? Yes. Okay, so I guess that works. All right. The Darksaber, I, I mean, but Mando still has it, but he has not used it since last week, so it's still at 14 appearances, Nick. Um, I have a theory on that one as well. Yeah. Because I think as long as it's not turned on, I'm not gonna cra- I'm not gonna count it. Agreed. All right. Next up here, the Mando characters, Pete. We're up to nine now. We add to the board Mando again. We get Grogu for the first time in Book of Boba Fett. We get Cobb Vanth back. So this tracker was at, was at one three weeks ago. Now it's at nine. I mean, it makes sense. This is the tracker that probably was going to be updated the most, um, especially after watching the, the past two chapters. So we'll, we'll see how it turns out at the end here next week. Absolutely. Next up here, animated characters. We are up to three now. Thanks. Thanks to today's episode. We had Ahsoka and Cad Bane on the board, Nick. Um, I think we stop there. No, I don't. There's a chance we could add to this. I think we have one more. Yeah. And I think obviously Luke and R2 don't count for anything because they came from the movie. He's not doing a movie tracker. Right. All right. And last but not least, Boba Fett did not talk this week, Pete, so obviously we could not get ruling of respect again. No, I don't think. I think we might get it the last episode. Might. If he's show going to the pikes, maybe he says, oh, I rule for respect, not fear like you clowns. I feel like yeah, it's. That- uh, yeah. And, one of, and, and I can't take credit for that idea. I think one of the guests, either uh, Brescia or, or, and I, I think it was two, two mics we got, right? Yep. Yeah. Mics. It was one of the mics, not you, Philip, one of the guests. I think that said, like, this is probably what's going to happen toward the end. He's just going to use it as like a big kind of like, I wrote respect at the end. So I give them credit. Yeah, I think it was Brescia, Nick. I think so. I'm not positive, but it's kind of upsetting because we thought it was going to be a thing where it was going to go on and on and on. And it's going to end up more, more often than, you know, more, more likely than not, it's going to end up as one. One respect. Yep. All right, now we're going to go to the MVPs and LVPs. I'm going to share the screen here and put the graphic up in the big board right now so we can see it as we are live. The Fennec Shan still on top of the leaderboard at plus five. Mando, after his debut last week, number two at plus three. The Cyberpunk Power Rangers in third at plus two. Then rounding out the positives, Boba Fett plus one, Black K plus one, and the Gamorrean Guards plus one. Now the negatives, the Tusken Raiders, negative one. The Rodian prisoner who gets stirred in the first episode, negative one. <laughs> the twins, negative one. The towel rat, thanks to Mike Brescia, negative one. Bib Fortuna in memoriam, negative one. The writers, negative two. Madam Garza, negative three. And the mayor's assistant, negative three. He's back in the mix this week. We'll see if he is on the board this time. So we'll start out with the pauses, as we always do. So, uh, Nick, give me your MVP of the episode. My MVP. And this is awesome that I'm saying this. My MVP for chapter six of the book of Boba Fett is Luke Skywalker. And that is so cool to say. 
Uh, Luke was awesome. He looked really good. You know, credit to that guy they hired. It was like the what are they what are they called? The deep fake? Is that what they call it? Yeah, deep fake artist. Yeah, that that was awesome. He looked much better than he did. I, you know, it wasn't perfect, obviously, but it's still like it was as good as pretty much I can imagine. And he really sh- impressed me a lot this episode. He showed me, you know, brought up a lot of curious points about Yoda and you remember and stuff like that. And I just thought he the way he handled being a master was really good and it seemed like he was very good at what he was doing i also loved when him and grogu went for a walk and every time he fell behind you kind of pushed him forward i like that that was pretty funny yeah and Pete, who is your mvp of this week i'm gonna go with mando and the reason why i go with that and and luke is a very 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 close second the reason why i go with mando is mando has accomplished more in this episode than the than boba fett did in four um he was able to travel to a different planet to try and contact Grogu, make the right decision, leave, go and help Boba by trying to recruit. And he had more success trying to recruit than Boba did, in my opinion. Um, so I have to give him the MVP. All right. For the first time, I think we have three different MVPs. So I'm giving an MVP to Cobb Vanth. I'm getting him on the board here because great. He, he was great at the beginning. He laying down the law. He scares the pikes away and he has the right instincts at the end. I mean, he's trying to, you know, he realizes Mando has a good point. He wants to get his soldiers together. He tells everybody to go inside and Cad Bane. He tells up, I'll deal with him. And I think if Deputy Scott's not interfere, I think the outcome is not as bad. So I'm going to give him the MVP here. I mean, Cad Bane is obviously better. And the problem is Cad Bane, I consider giving him the MVP, but he's not in the episode long enough. Yeah, I actually I actually considered Cad Bane for a little bit, but exactly what you said. He's, you can't give one scene your MVP. All right, now let's go the other way. So who is the LVP, Pete? Uh, I would give it to Boba, but he wasn't really in the episode. Um, Even when he was there, he wasn't really in it. He was just there. I I would have to give it to Deputy Scott. Like, he's just an idiot. Like, like, what are you doing? Like, he's telling you, your boss is telling you to go inside. You're like, now I'm going to stay right here and get you shot. Like what? I don't think, you know, he just, he just caused problems. And I feel like he's the only character that had more screen time than Boba Fett that did the worst in the episode. So I have to give it to him. Uh, Nick, who's your LVP? I'm going with Pete, Deputy Scott. He, right away from when we first saw him, when Mando um, showed up, we were just like, oh, this guy's annoying, you know? Yeah. Right I mean- away, I knew it. He was. Oh no! What, what was that when Mando showed up? Wasn't when did he first show up? He's a Mando shows up because he's basically trying to be a tough guy. Mando gets there. With the parking. Saying, yeah, he's like, "Yeah, you park yeah, your ship over I, there." Yeah, I could. I was confused on whether it was when Mando showed up or the way beginning with the Pikes. But no, it was then. He, he, yeah, he was. Um, or very annoying. I think that's going to be a clean sweep. Can you confirm that? Yeah, so I confirm that. Deputy Scott's the LVP this episode. He is by far the worst character we've seen this season. Like. He is a complete moron. He tries to be a tough guy when he shouldn't be. Cobb Vanth has better instincts. He's not listening to his boss. He exacerbates the situation with Cad Bane and gets himself killed. I mean, he's dead because of his own stupidity. So he deserves yeah, to he, He's a worse character than the than the mayor's assistant. Because the mayor's assistant's annoying, but he's he's kind of funny. You know what yeah. I mean? This guy just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he honestly joins the bottom of the list with Madame Garza and the mayor's assistant. He's down there in negative three. Dude, I, I, you know, looking back, I kind of feel bad for Madame Garza. Yeah. I do feel she bad should, for her. She, should, she shouldn't be tied at the bottom. She was fine. Yeah. I mean, 
It's almost like if, too bad we did not have a guess. We could have had a fourth LVP on Deputy Scott have him be the clear leader, like like uh, drag down the list. Yeah, it is unfortunate. But now we're gonna go to the episode rankings here, and we're gonna take a look at how we graded the episode. So I'm going to go ahead and throw it up on the big board here for us to see what's going on with our episodes of the Book of Boba Fett so far. Try and move us along here. So. Chapter 4 is our top one on the list right now at 7.13. Chapter 2, a 7. Last week's episode, a 6.33, right in the middle of the list. Then Chapter 1, a 6. And then Chapter five, chapter 3, otherwise known as the debut of the Cyberpunk Power Rangers, 5.33, bringing down the rear of the board. So let's go ahead here. Let's do now the grades of the episode. So Pete, your grade. So I think I did this last week, and, and people are listening, and you can confirm that I have to rank these episodes just by episode, but also how they play into the book of Boba Fett. I have to say that this episode at least played into what the storyline of the book of Boba Fett was, and it was amazing. I'm going to give it a nine. All right. Pete's first nine. Highest I've ever ranked a, a episode in this season. Um, I want to give my thoughts about the season after you guys are done ranking, but this episode it ties into what the overall theme of the season is supposed to be. It was a good episode. Nine. Nick. Ten. I to. can't think of any way that I would, anything that this episode did that I'm like, oh, if only they did this or they did that. To me, it was perfect. I had no issues with it whatsoever. To me, that is like when I look at the best episodes in live action Star Wars, you know, I guess it's only three seasons now worth of stuff. To me, this is the best one. So I have to put it at the top. I'm, gi- I'm giving it a nine just on principle because I couldn't give last week's a last week's like was better than this, but I gave it a lower grade. So I have to not give this a 10. That's my personal opinion, but it's still very good. It's a nine. I, I just loved it. All I right. Did. So it's obviously going to be number one hanging into the finale last week's. And now we get into our prediction time. And I'm going to go look back at our chapter five prediction, chapter six predictions here. Anything major happened. Nick said we we're going to follow Mando for 90% of the plot. He finds Luke and Grogu, learns Luke how to wield the Darksaber and leaves without Grogu. So you got part of it, correct? Yeah, no Darksaber, and I would say it wasn't 90%. It was more like, what, 50, 55? Yeah, I'd say about 55. Yeah. So not that bad. I said recruiting hour part due. We would not see Grogu. So there was recruiting, but it was not the whole hour. Pete said half of the episode is Mando meeting Grogu. Luke will train using the Darksaber, both at recruiting hours. You got the the ratio right, but the, the details not as much. Not bad. Don't listen to my predictions ever. All right, so let's give our final predictions here. So, Nick, your big prediction for the finale. What's happening here? Do I tell you about my Grogu prediction right now, or is that not included? This is just for Chapter 7. Well, I guess it... I guess... He's involved in my predictions, I have to. My prediction is that Grogu will choose to the, stay with the Mandalorians because Grogu does not need a lightsaber. He already has one. He's just not holding it right now. Someone else is. I think you know where I'm going with this. The Darksaber. Yeah. He's the, the combination of a Jedi and a Mandalorian. So I think that is where he will come in. I think he will choose to stay with Mando. But if Grogu says, I want to be with Mando, he can't fly Someone needs to bring him there, right? Yes. There's only one person there, Luke. So I think Luke comes, helps. I think Bosk will show up in the fight. You will have 
you will have the Pikes with Bosk and Cad Bane taking on the Boba Fett group in an all-out war. And I think that your good guys will win. But I think at the end of the the, the episode, it's not going to be as clear as, like, we won, they lost. It's going to be more kind of like almost like the Empire Strikes Back in a way where, yeah, everything's okay, we all survive, but it is not over. And I think that's where Crimson Dawn comes in and your prediction, Mike, where we see either Kiara or Thrawn or both. All right, so Pete, your prediction for Chapter 7. I think we're going to get at least one more Grogu flashback. Um, and I think it's going to take half the episode for Grogu to choose. And I don't think you're going to see that choice. I think you're going to find that choice out when Grogu gets back to the Mandalorian. I don't think he's going to take the Jedi path. I think he's going to take the Mandalorian path. I think Ahsoka is going to bring him back uh, because she was on the planet with Luke and she's going to help in the war, so to speak. And we'll see some Ahsoka fighting with some white lightsabers and we'll see the dark saber uh, being wielded by the Mandalorian and maybe even Grogu helping. I don't know. Um, I also think that the quote unquote war is not going to be as long as we want. I think they're going to fluff the episode up with more information and then maybe 20% of the episode is going to be the actual fighting or the, the conflict. All right. So I'll wrap up here. My prediction. I say we don't see the choice. I'm going to be bold on that one. I say, we're going to save this for Mando three. I'm going to give you where I think he leans later on with this. And I do think in terms of what's going on with this thing, I agree with you guys. I think that we're going to have a pretty decent fight. I think we're going to see more of this. I do think it's going to be sort of like they win, but like we pull the Russian nesting doll, like pull a layer off. And this is where we start finding out who is controlling the pikes. And that's going to push us forward in the overall story. I don't know. I'm still on the path that it's Thrawn. That's how we end up getting all these things tied together. But I would not be surprised if it's just Crimson Dawn and Thrawn gets revealed later. I like it. Yeah, I really think there's no way we don't see Crimson Dawn. Like, do you really believe Cad Bane? Like, I know Cad Bane's the man and he just does it for money. But, like, Cad Bane and the pikes are the main villain and they're just, he's a hired muscle for the pike. You need the big, you need someone to be the big bad. And I know Cad Bane has that look to him and that feel to him, but he's, he's not, he's just a hired gun. I, I don't think they're going to show you who the, the big boss is during the fight. I think it's going to be Cad Bane's going to be our audience's face for the bat, for the pikes being the bad guys. I think then once they get their butts kicked, and they leave, then we're going to see them report to whoever the, yes, the boss is. That, that, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like there has to be someone behind it. Yeah, I think, like, you're not going to see whoever the big bosses show up and just help the fight. They're going to lead the Pikes and, and Cad Bane do their dirty work for him. Right. It's like sort of like he's Loki and he's got the uh, the Chitauri with him. That's why I make the comparison there to Avengers. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, because he, 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 like, you could, like, all the Chitauri are faceless and Loki is our known villain. That's sort of what the Cad Bane function is here. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. I really am. And that's, to me, that's how you look at it show is it drawing me in do i want to watch next week absolutely and i think in terms of prediction i'm also going to be different here i'm going to say that he decides to stay with the jedi for now i think the narrative tipped it off in the fact i think that like we don't get the answers that we do about his flashbacks and who helped him and who helped him get off i think this is nothing we're going to learn without luke helping him so i think 
for uh, for the purpose of the story, I think he's going to stay where he is. I think you either get both or Mando. I don't think he picks Jedi. I think like, he could pick Jedi now and then choose to walk away later, like Ahsoka does in real in uh, Clone Wars. We shall see. We shall see. And with that, I want to thank you guys for coming on here. Get out some social media handles. Pete, people want to follow you. How can they do that? Uh, at PJ Considori 29. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. Um, been doing a lot of hockey retweeting and also tweeting out this podcast. Yeah. And Nick, I know you said last week that like if Luke and Grogu showed up, you would reveal the handle. So are you going to follow through this? You're going to tease us again. I have to. I have to. You want to follow me on Twitter? You can follow me at Nick Fry underscore nine. And I don't post anything except this podcast. I think I, I once tweeted something else and it was a retweet that Joe judge was fired. Yeah. That was the only thing I've ever tweeted out besides this podcast, but I, I do check Twitter a lot. So you can, you know, you can follow me. I'll follow back and I'll see what you have to say. Yeah. If you give him information, I'll be happy to receive it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to love to. Yeah, go also follow me on Twitter, mphillips331. That's M-P-H-I-L-I-P-S-331. A couple of podcasts ready in the Justin and Suffering feed this week. The Super Bowl betting special, Pete, with a good friend of yours, Kevin Walsh from the Sports Grid. We talked about Super Bowl betting. Kevin Walsh is a great dude. I had a show with him on the uh, FNTSY radio network. Um, I think they've migrated just to Sports Grid now, but I could be wrong. But um, had a show with him, did a live show with him, uh, produced with him. Went to school with him. Great guy. Uh, so definitely take a look at that episode. Yeah, that's out there. And then we also had an episode. I did college basketball with Troy Moriello. And I had your brother on, Nick, our legal correspondent, Phil Frey. We talked about the Brian Flores lawsuit. That's going to potentially be a big ball in the NFL. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I just feel like th- maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, don't you feel like there's no chance he gets a job now? Oh, he's not getting a job in the NFL again. And isn't that kind of silly? Or do you, would he make more money in a lawsuit, I guess? I don't know. I think for him, it's more of a like social purpose where he views his calling yeah. to say like, it's more important that I help other black assistants than my own personal gains in the short term. Yeah. So well, again, we shall see. Yeah. So Mike, really quickly before we end, if you don't mind, I just want to put one thought out there about the season. Sure. Book of Boba up. My tone for the season has changed from the first four chapters to this. And that is not because I don't think Book of Boba Fett is not a train wreck. It's still a train wreck. <laughs> I just want to make that very clear. I don't want people that are listening in thinking that I'm just switching and resetting views like that because we have Mandalorian in the show. What I will say is, just like the last season of The Clone Wars, these last three episodes are going to redeem the first four, but they don't fit. It doesn't make sense, in my opinion. The other thing I want to put out there, too, before next week is that we have a lot of loose ends that need to be tied up. So I am not going into the next next week with a lot of expectations to get a lot of answers. We don't know what's going on with the Rancor. We don't know what's going on with the Twins. We don't know what's going on um, with, you know, Cad Bane. We don't know what's going on with the mayor. We don't know what's going on um, with the Pikes, really, except for that they're going to overrun the city just overnight. Um just want to put that out there just for consistency. I still don't like this season as a whole because of how they did it. But these last three episodes as a trilogy are, I'm hoping the next one's fantastic, but the last two we saw were, it was night and day between the the beginning of the season and now. Um, So I just wanted to explain that still think this season's a train wreck because they had to throw stuff together. And I feel like they're trying to redeem themselves and they're doing a pretty good job. 
Yeah, so like it's not it's still a train wreck. It's not a more entertaining train wreck. It, it look, at least it's starting to make sense with what's going on. Chapter five, it was just the Mandalorian season three episode one, in my opinion. At least this brings it back to what's going on with what the main storyline of Book of Boba Fett was supposed to. So they're tying it all in. So that's what I like about it. So I'm definitely for this past episode, and that's why I loved it so much and gave it such a high rating. But I just I want to echo the point that I'm not flip flopping. Like, because the past four episodes, I've been just trashing it. And now all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I love it. All right. So I just want. Okay. One bonus prediction before we leave here. I want to throw this out as well. I just thought of this idea. Do we get a post credit scene like we did at the end of Mando season two here? Do we get something teeing up what's happening next? Uh, Nick, yes or no? Yes. P, I see, I see you nodding in the ring. You're going yes also. Absolutely. I do. I don't know exactly what you know who's in, You know who's in charge. We're getting the post credit scene. It's John Favreau. We're getting one. Yeah, I wonder if it's going to be actual story thing of this or something related to Obi Wan. That would get me my nerves, like Spider Man. <laughs> That'd be annoying. Yeah, well, we will see what happens next week. And thanks again for listening, guys. We will be back again in about a week to wrap up the season here. And until then, may the force be with you. May the force be with you.